Ronnie, also I thank you for being so open and share so honestly, Ronnie. It's an inspiration for all of us, mate. I know. And I think some things in life only mean anything if you've only walked through the valley, yeah? doesn't mean anything when you read a word unless you've been through there. So on a positive note, we get to hear from Ryan Perno this morning. Hey. Who, uh, yeah, I would, I'd echo what Cass said in pre-prayer this morning, which we're just watching this man grow in stature. And yeah, we're just so looking forward to his word this morning. And uh, yeah, let's all have open hearts and minds to hear it all. Thank you. Sweet. Um, can we thank Swelly? And Larry is the first time on sound desk. Sounds awesome, Laz. Is it, is it Colin approved? <laughs> He's over his shoulder, yeah, just breathing heavily. <laughs> oh, what? Um, <laughs> yeah, so this is my third time preaching, okay? So just lower your expectations. You know, like a kid learning to ride the bike. It's done it. This is the third time, so just... A little bit of a pedal and, you know, that, that's all. You, you just clap that, okay? So if I read a Bible verse, just be like, yeah, that is so good. You read it and you didn't. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been in church for a long time, though, so I've heard a lot of sermons. And, but I guess it's like, you know, you might have eaten at a lot of restaurants and you know what good food tastes like, but, you know, it doesn't mean I can cook up a storm, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> you know, so I know, I know what a good sermon sounds like, but we'll see what happens today. <laughs> Um, yeah, so thanks everyone for coming. I'm so, so good to be with you here. Um, yeah, uh, I think Josh and Tila has family, <coughs> mom, and good to see you. And Larry and Leanne has family. Yeah. Beautiful. So, I don't know, it's a family time, isn't it, the long weekends? It's crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah, and also, um, if you're wondering, if you're, actually, if you're listening to this online, you already know, but we do have... Um, all our sermons up on SoundCloud, so if you miss a week or, you know, you're sailing the seas one day but you've got Wi-Fi somehow, you can, uh, <laughs> I don't know why I said that, um, <laughs> you can actually check it out, just um, search Highway Christian Church on SoundCloud or there's, we've also, we've got a podcast, no, yeah, if you go to the iTunes podcast, it all just goes up there somehow as well, the internet is a wonderful thing, um, <laughs> so yeah. Um, I might just start by praying. So God, we just thank you for being here, Lord. We just thank you just to be able to be here on a Sunday morning. You know, we all have lived different lives and it's amazing that our whole lives have led us to this very point. And I just pray, God, that this morning you will speak to us individually, God, and us as a church, God, we know that we don't want to do this life by ourselves, God, and you've actually called us into community and into relationship with each other and with you ultimately, Lord. And so we just pray this morning, God, that Whatever I say, God, would just help people, God, maybe see you more clearly or see things from a different light. And, um, yeah, we just pray that we get good car parks this afternoon, even though it's busy. I don't know. Just pray for something random. At Coles, yeah. Or Woolies. Who goes to... Amen. Um, who goes to... Who goes to who's a more of a Woolies person? Woolworths. Oh, hell no. You said hell no. <laughs> Audi. Oh. And who's a Coles person? Oh, so... Where else do people shop? Coles, Audi, Woolies? Oh, right. Everyone's like, Audi, of course. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I haven't been to Audi in a long time. I'm missing out. Actually, last time I ate something from Audi, I got violently ill. It was a lamb. 
And then I heard on the news that apparently they soap their lambs. I'm like, who soaps lamb? So, <laughs> hey, yeah, at least it was clean. All right, <laughs> let's get, so we've gone really spiritual. So we're going to start somewhere even more spiritual. So we've got an image. It's a Kanye West meme. Okay, so it says, when someone cancels plans that you didn't want to be a part of anyway, me every time, just dancing. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to make you laugh. Is that all right to laugh? Um, I, I like this meme because it just, it describes what I'm going to be talking about today in just a visual sense. Who loves that when you, you know, you say yes to something you didn't want to do and then later they text you and say, oh, sorry, we couldn't make it, so it's off. And, and you just that feeling, yes, that relieved feeling. <laughs> or maybe, maybe the similar feeling is when, um, or you guys don't have school tomorrow. So if you're at school, you don't have school tomorrow. Just that feeling, ah, oh, I don't have school tomorrow. Or you might be like, ah, oh, I don't have work tomorrow. And just that feeling of rest, knowing that something you thought you had to do is now cancelled. So the teacher got you, you thought you, ha- you rocked up to school, say, and you um, hadn't done your assignment. And she goes, oh, guess what? We don't need to do that assignment anymore. And you're just like, ah, I thought I was going to get in trouble, but the burden's off. And so I'm going to talk... When I, so I never did any of my assignments, by the way. Um, <laughs> so I, I know that feeling a couple of times. Um, so what I'm going to be talking about today, it's kind of a, uh, a phrase that went through my mind when I was just thinking and praying about what to share this morning, and it was the burden is off, okay? Just that, f- and one thing I love about God is when I, one thing I've learned about God actually is the more that I've kind of come to Him and no matter what my week's been like or what my day's been like or what the last hour's been like, that coming to God is kind of like that feeling of rest of just, oh, like no matter what's happened in the past, no matter what I've been through, it's just that feeling of rest. And, you know, um, so there's a Bible verse. Oh, and so my title though is Trading Burdens, okay? So who knows burdens aren't always a bad thing. Okay, but so we're going to frame this whole, this whole talk just on these Bible verses. So Matthew 11 verse 28 in the message says, Are you tired, worn out, burnt on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And then we've got in the NIV, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I love that verse, and you can just read that and, um, and just kind of feel that sense of rest. And Jesus is just saying, come to me, you know, like no matter how you are, you know, whether you're stressed out, burnt out, um, excited, just however you are, just come to me and I'm just going to give you that, the true rest, the rest in your soul, you know, because sometimes we can rest on the outside but not feel at rest or at peace in the inside. And um, so we can, so Jesus is a li- burden lifter, I think. And, you know, we can read that Bible verse at face value and maybe it sounds like that Jesus is going to give us a one-way ticket to Fiji and we get to just rest and we're like, finally, the burden's off, I can just rest. And, um, but, and something Sarah talked about last week is that our souls were created not just for rest, but for responsibility. And so God doesn't, so he wants us to have this real, like this is Jesus talking, you know, learn to live freely and lightly. But then 
The weird thing is, is that God doesn't take us away from responsibility or work or stress or bills or that annoying neighbor or maybe that problem you haven't been able to overcome. You know, God doesn't just go, when we come to God, he doesn't just go, all right, let's go to heaven, you know, (laughs) we're done. Let's just go on a holiday because, you know, you come to me and you get rest, you're just done. You know, so, but I think that verse still has to be true, right? Because Jesus said, come to me and you'll get rest. So there's that tension or maybe a, a paradox or however you look at it that God doesn't remove the work from us. Um, and sometimes he doesn't remove the problem or he doesn't remove this. So, so there's a Bible verse, 2 Corinthians 17, verse 7 to 9. Um, can we just skip forward a verse? So three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. So just hold there. So that's like just anything in your life that you just, God, please get rid of that person who's always hounding me for something or <laughs> what, or what just put your thing in there just that you plead with God about to get rid of, whether it's, whether it's work, maybe you hate your job and you know, you just can't stand working anymore, but let's go to the next verse. And so I don't know if this is encouraging, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I'll boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And so God kind of says no. <laughs> and God, so God sometimes doesn't remove to us the thing that we think is really the problem, right? And so we might think, you know, in this case, Paul had a messenger from Satan harassing him, <laughs> You know, but it was actually, it had a purpose because it said to keep me from being conceited because of the surpassing greatness of what God had on his life. And so sometimes God doesn't remove the thing that's really bugging you. <laughs> and God, do, and maybe it's a, your boss or maybe it's whatever it is. But so, but somehow we've still got to learn to live freely and lightly. And so you might think, well, then if God's not going to remove the burden, but I've still got to live freely and lightly, how does this work? Okay. And so... So maybe it's something deeper. Maybe it's not an external rest. Maybe it's not lying on a beach and, you know, tanning it up or whatever. <laughs> maybe it's something deeper and maybe it's a heart issue. So there's, I won't read it, but there's a parable of the sower and um, basically it represents God. And, but he sows seed on, where, oh, I've just got to read it because I'll get confused. Um, a soul went out to sow. So starting at verse four, if we can, Rosie. Of that Matthew verse 13, verse 4. Just skip. And as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Do we have a next one? Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. He who has ears here, let, let him hear. And um, so you might be a little bit confused, which is fine. <laughs> you know, why are we talking about seeds and stuff in church? But Jesus actually, for one of the few times, he actually describes what this means. So I don't have to try and figure it out. Jesus just told me because he knows we're pretty thick-headed and would go, wow, so let's go sow some seeds. I'm confused. Um, so... <laughs> He says, hear then the parable of the sower. So this is the explanation of it. When anyone hears of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, 
This is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in, in himself, but endures for a while, and then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of richness choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word, understands it, and he indeed bears fruit and yields in a case a hundredfold, in another 60 and another 30. Um, so what we can see here is that God wants to deal with our hearts. So it's not about whether we have cares. So this guy, um, had, he let the cares of the world overtook him. Um, yeah. So it's not about whether or not we have cares in the world, because we're going to have cares. Even Jesus himself said, you're going to have trouble. You're going to have things that you know, go really bad. But we can still tend to the soil of our heart and end up being the fruitful person. Okay, so, um, so there was a beggar, okay? So I'm just going to jump into a story. And he was a beggar because he was begging. We know, that's why we know he was a beggar. Is that, I don't know, just telling, profound, isn't it? <laughs> you might say, how do you know he was a beggar? He was begging. Okay, let me read you the story. <laughs> One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man was lame from birth, was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple. Um, when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter, Peter looked straight at him as John did, then said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or, gold, I do not, silver or gold, I do not have, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. Taking him by the right hand, he, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. Cool. So how good is that? So, so what, what didn't God do in that story? Does anyone... Give him money. Yeah. Gave him what he wants. And so in this story, he was begging for money, right? And what I love about this story is that, like, God, through these two people, sidestepped what he thought he needed, right? And gave him what he really needed. And now this guy could actually get up and go get a job for himself and work. And so I just love that. And also I love because these guys didn't reprimand him saying, oh, you can't ask God for money, you know, like... God just wants to heal you or God just wants you saved. Like, you know, and so many religious Christians can be like, we can come to God with anything that we think we need because we don't know what we really need. But ultimately, and there's many stories in the Bible where Jesus fed the 5,000 and he, he met their physical needs. And I think that's a hugely important part of who we are as church and who God is. But in this particular story, um, God seemed to sidestep what this guy thought he needed and so maybe you're just thinking, oh, I just need more money and then I'll feel at rest. Or I just need whatever to, to remove that issue and then, I'll, and then I'll feel at rest and then I'll be happy. But God sometimes si sidesteps our symptoms and goes straight to the actual cause. And um, he actually is about empowering the person. So rather than just, you know, money, 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 he's, he's about actually getting this person in. And that's what God wants to do in our lives. He wants to strengthen us strong enough to work. For ourselves. So, um, yeah, I heard T.D. Jake say um, that God doesn't give us a chair, he gives us a tree. 
right? And so, so often we want everything prepackaged and we want everything, you know, God, just give me a chair, give me a chair, give me a chair. But he's given us trees and we get to, we have to go work it, right? So God doesn't remove us from work, okay? And he actually empowers us. So 1 Corinthians 15 verse 10 says, can I have a drink? It doesn't say that. <laughs> oh, thank you. I got it. <laughs> 1 Corinthians. Um, that's what I really needed. Um, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. No. So this is Paul speaking. No, I worked harder than all of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. So, um, just leave, go back. Yeah, so there's something about the grace of God that doesn't give us what we want always, a holiday and just to remove us from the stress. But there's something about God's grace that causes us to work harder. And you might have not wanted to hear that this morning, that I think God wants you to work harder. Okay? And that's, that can be taken wrong, but you'll see, you'll see what I'm saying. Okay? Um, and then, so then next verse, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in what? Being able to go on holidays every one month, you know, have a three-week sabbatical and one week of work. Not necessarily. That might be your call. Great. But you will abound in every good work. Okay? So you might, you might be really feeling burdened now. And, oh, no, I've got to go work. I've got to go work harder. How's this going to work? <laughs> um, so I believe in our work and life, there is, there is a verse that will help us realize four burdens that we can actually trade with God, okay, in work and life and just general. Um, so Colossians 3, verse 23 to 14. So I'm just going to read it, and then we'll go back and we'll kind of unpack this verse, and I love it. So whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Okay? So, the first burden that we can... Someone just text me. Um, the first burden that in this Bible verse that is whatever. Okay. So, the burden of failing. All right? So, this is, this is one that I've struggled with pretty much my whole life, right? It's the burden of being paralyzed about making the right or the wrong choice. Right? And just thinking... God, like, is this the right path or do I do this? What's my calling? Am I going to do this or am I going to do that? Should I, you know, when you're at school, should I pick this thing or should I pick that, that subject or, you know, should I date this person or that person or should I, um, what, what are some other big questions that you've got in your life? So there's, hey, there's, yeah, there's, there's a lot of burdens of failing, right? That's what I've had. I've, I've just been so fearful, right? of just making the wrong choice. But I love this verse because it says, whatever you do, whatever. Everyone say, whatever. 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 What do you want to do? Whatever. Whatever you do. <laughs> I love that. Whatever you do. So whether you're at work, whether you're surfing, whether you decide to work at Macca's or whether you decide to work at Coles, whether you decide to, um, what? Yeah, work at Audi, whether you decide to shop at Audi, don't know why. No. <laughs> whatever you do, okay? So I just love the freedom of that word, whatever. Proverbs 16 verse 3 says, commit to the Lord. So this isn't just me talking. Commit to the Lord, whatever you do, whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. 
Okay, so I just recently I just got engaged. Everyone go, woo! Okay. And <laughs> you know, I was stuck on it for a bit, just going, God, like, um, because I, I don't want to just make a lifelong decision without at least consulting God, right? And being like, you know, and then looking down five years down the track, I'm like, oh man. But so I was kind of burdened. <laughs> what? I love you, Ebony. <laughs> no, no, this this story ends well, right? I'm just being honest. Can we be honest? Um, <laughs> so I wasn't sure, right? As in, so I, I'd been praying about it, like, God, if you want it or not. And so what I basically did, I said, God, I'm just going to commit it to you. I want to do this. And I'm not sure, you know, you're not speaking to me saying, go and marry Ebony. You know, like, go and propose to her on the beach at Hyams. You know, like, God wasn't telling me that. And, um, you know, I had many amazing friends that were encouraging me along the journey and just helping me out. But I had no audible voice saying whether or not to, right? But I felt, I felt that Bible verse that just, whatever you do, just commit it to God and He's going to establish the plans. So what I started to do is what I, I started to look for a ring and I started to make some plans to get engaged, right? And I felt like as I was, I was like just stepping out on deep water because, you know, I've been single for a long time. Um, so I didn't know what it looks like. I don't know what it's supposed to do, you know? And so I've... I lo- but I love that space because that's where God meets you when you're actually stepping out and you just begin to move, right? And because we can, we can trust God with our plans. We can just be like, God, this is what I want to do. I'm going to step out. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to just um, trust that you have it in control. And so Pro- Proverbs 16 verse 9 says, In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. So we can, we can plan our course. Please have a plan. I'm actually thinking about, I heard recently by a top business kind of guy that we should actually plan out our weeks and kind of go what's our ideal week you know what does our Monday look like if and obviously we don't always hit our ideal weeks but I think it's godly to actually plan out what you're going to do and not just stumble through life and hope that you hit a target but God actually wants us to plan let's you know let's be planners right and so Psalms 37 verse 23 the Lord directs the steps of the godly he delights in every detail of their lives I love that. So God actually cares about the little things. God actually cares and he delights in every, every detail. doesn't just say some details or the details when you go to church, you know. Like it's every single detail. It's, how, it's the little things and it's just God will um, direct us. And I, was, I think I was talking about this with Eb. Like sometimes we put more pressure on ourselves to hear from God if we're doing the right thing than, he, than his ability to lead us. You know, we've got to trust that God is leading us. And we can actually trust that because sometimes we think it's all up to us. God, if I just hear you, then I'll know which way to go. I'll just close my eyes and hope that. But we can just step out confidently. I think we need to be more confident and just make some plans, do some things, and God's going to direct us. And I just hope that relieves that burden, right, of uh, fear of failing. And, you know, that's something personal that I've dealt with throughout my whole life. So it's that fear of failing. And so Bible's awesome because it just deals with our heart. So back to Colossians 3. This is the burden of apathy, okay? Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. So whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. Everyone say, all your heart. heart. Okay? So the burden of apathy, I'm going to show you what it looks like. Let's get a drink because I'm really thirsty. And we won't be much longer. There's just like a couple more points and then we'll be done. So the burden of apathy. I didn't really plan this out, but I just 
is literally just like this, okay? It's one foot in, one foot out. Like the other way around. One foot in, one foot out. And basically, it's really simple, but I just hope you remember this, is that we can never be living to the fullness of what God has for us by being one foot in and one foot out. Okay, so it says, it's just really simple, but whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart. So whatever you're doing, whether we're out here working, doing this, whether we're in here, praising God, whatever we're doing, let's do it with all of our heart and not just one foot in, one foot out, you know, being on the sidelines thinking, oh, I don't really know about this. And that's fine because, you know, when I first came to God, it took me a number of years to just work it out in my head and say, I said, Jesus is this and you know, God is that, and the church is this, and I, it took me years, right, to make a decision, and that's totally fine, so if that's in your place, please just come along to church, don't feel any pressure, like you have to, you know, be the, you know, up the front with your hands high, and you know, whatever goes on, you don't, don't feel like you have to be like that, but there's going to be a point when you're going to feel the nudge of just, okay, I'm just going to put another foot in, and I'm just going to live wholeheartedly, and so I, I just, Wanting to lift you free from the burden of apathy. It's a burden because you're never really doing anything. You're kind of just in there, in there. But this says whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. So whether you're at Macca's working, let's be, let's be excellent spirited people and let's do it with a smile. Let's serve customers with a smile. Let's uh, work hard for our employers. Let's do it with all of our heart, whatever you do. Okay? So... Uh, James 1, verse 2 to 8, and let's skip down to verse 6. When you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That, should, that person should not um, expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. And so I love the way the Passion puts it in verse 8, the Passion Translation puts it. When you are half-hearted and wavering, it leaves you unstable. So when you're half-hearted, when you just kind of, you know, I'll go to church or, you know, I'll, I'm at work but I'm not really there. I'm kind of, you know, playing games on my phone all day. Or just kind of that half-hearted attitude. Um, let, yeah, let's be passionate people. So Hebrews 12 verse 1 says, since, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, so we're talking about burdens and sin, which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. So running isn't an apathetic thing. This is apathy. <laughs> I guess so. I guess I'm just going to pray this morning. I guess I'm going to read my Bible. I guess I'm going to do it. I guess I'm going to go to church. I guess I've got to do this and do that and do this and do that. But let's run. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So it's going to take endurance, and there's going to be rest stops along the way, so please don't feel burdened. But just when you do stuff, just do it. Do it with all of your heart and you're going to feel that weight lift. Like it says, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run the race that it sets before us. I love that. Okay, this is, a cool, this is another cool one. So next burden is the burden of pleasing people and it's in Colossians. So whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. And so this is just a perception change, right? So whether you're at work, maybe I guess working for people is just worried about what they think of you, right? It's just worried about, you know, maybe 
when you're at work and you're just worried about making a mistake because you're worried about what this person's going to think of you. Or maybe you're at work and you're trying to earn enough money so that you can buy a car that you can't afford to please people that don't care about you. You know, <laughs> like, um, and I heard that there's three stages of life. The first stage is um, you care about what people think about you, right? Second stage is, you know, you're a bit older, you've seen a few things and you don't really care what people th- think about you. <laughs> um, and the third stage of life is you realise no one was ever thinking about you. <laughs> and, do you know, and so, so often we, and this has been a huge one for me as well, just worried about what people think of me. You know, and, and there's, a, um, there's a really popular saying in, uh, used in a lot of movies, and it's also in the Bible, but <laughs> maybe. Um, I could stretch the truth a little. No, it says... Who's ever heard this? Who are you working for? They'll like pin some guy down. Who are you working for? And like, you know, with a gunpoint. And the, I think the pleasing people burden can be equated to who are you working for? So that verse says, as if working for the Lord, not for human masters. So it's just the way you see it. And so ultimately, I'm working at my job and, you know, I've got clients and stuff. But ultimately, my aim is to please God. You know, and the beautiful thing about that is as I aim to please God, I end up pleasing people. You know, not always in the way that they want and sometimes I let them down. But if my aim is that, God, I'm doing this for you and I want to do my business well, I want to um, do it, you know, above reproach, I want to um, treat customers, uh, treat clients, sorry, as um, humans and respectful and I actually want to help them succeed more than I want to succeed. So because that's the way my business is set up. I actually want to just help people however I am. But it's, it's, the, it's trading the burden of trying to please people with picking up, I guess, the weight and the joy of pleasing God, right? And then through that, we get to actually please people. And if you could say it in a simple line, it's um, living to bless, not to impress, right? Rather than trying to impress people, you know, how am I looking, how am I perceived against other people but just living to bless them you know and ultimately that come we can actually bless people when we're actually just trying to please God and we know God's watching our our every step encouragingly not like a okay last one so provision from you or provision from God so whatever you do work out with all your heart as working for the Lord not for human masters since you know that you will receive inheritance from who the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord your Christ you're serving. So ultimately, where's my water gone? <laughs> um, ultimately, we are getting all our wages from God. That's the way I see it, is that God's actually the one providing for me. You know, it's not my clients who, um, you know, pay me at the end of the month or whatever, or it's not, you know, when someone buys something from my store, it's not, it's not, about them providing me because they're not the ones with my provision, right? I believe it's coming from God ultimately, okay? And I can prove this in a Bible verse, so Matthew 6 verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather nor into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And by which of you, by being anxious, can add a single span 
hour to the span of his life. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the, li- consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, who would do that? Um, <laughs> he will not, he will, not much more, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Clothes, food, just our daily stuff. Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own troubles. So does this, this, is, does this verse mean we can quit our jobs? I don't think so. But it's just about seeing where the provision's coming from. Seeing that, you know, the job that you've got is actually provision from God. Seeing that everything is actually God's blessing in your life. And it, it's, we're about taking burdens away. So I think that lifts the burden off yourself, you know, and um, worried about, you know, where the bill's going to be paid. And it's important to care about it and it's important to pay the bill. But it's just about lifting that burden. God, this is on you, so I'm going to work hard, but this is on you. I'm going to do what I can. I'm going to save. I'm going to be diligent with my money. But ultimately, the burden's on you. Um, Yeah, I'll just quickly read that. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things, at all times you may abound in every good work. There's that work again. I love that. Go on, next one, next verse. As it is written, he has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You'll be enriched in every way. Everyone say every way. I love that. To be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. So God actually cares about our daily needs and that's, um, a big burden in people's lives, right? Okay, so I'm just going to talk about two quickly, quickly two more burdens, and then we're just going to wrap it up. And maybe maybe get Ron up there. Do you want to come or Kirsty on keys? Anyone? I just need music. I feel like we're just <laughs> coming to a close here. Has this been all right? Okay. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully it's helpful. Um, so Galatians 6 verse 2 to 5 bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ the next verse for if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing he deceives himself but let each one test his own work and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbour for each one will have to bear his own load let's just go back to verse 1 again yeah, two, sorry. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And then go to five. For each one will have to bear his own load. That kind of seems like a paradox, right? Is that, hey, bear one another's burdens. Hey, everyone's going to have to bear their own load. What? what? So what does that mean? Like, how? So if we're talking about lifting other people's burdens and helping people along, then why does it say bear one another's burdens, but it also says for each will have to bear his own load. And so kind of taking responsibility for your own life. And I think it's pretty simple. It, 
it can sound a bit confusing, but basically it's kind of like who's ever lifted weights before? Yeah, Josh. Yeah, Kirsty. So when you when you lift weights with another person, so what does the other person do, right? He's a spotter, and most of the time he is not lifting the weight for them, right? He's just standing there, just ready ready to take it. And if this guy, so say me and Josh are lifting weights, and Josh is Josh is pushing the bar. All I've got to do is just be there for him. And then if I see that he cannot lift this weight and it's about to crush his head, then I grab the weight, okay? And I just think that's, that's a bit of a picture of how we're supposed to be within each other's lives. We're not supposed to take, if I just lifted the weights for Josh the whole time, he would never get strong. And there's no point in you know, him living his own life or lifting the weights. And, but I'm, I'm just gonna be there for him. And if I see, if I see he's struggling, I can give him some encouragement. That's my first thing. Hey, you got this. You got it. No, you, I've seen you do this before. You're going to do it again. You know, and if you put that into your relationship with others and relationship with God, I've seen you. You've gone through something harder than this before. You've got this. God's got this. And just being encouragers to people's lives. You know, yeah, it might feel heavy, but you've got this. And let's be like that. Let's not just go, oh, quick, Josh, quick. Oh, grab it. You know, like now you don't have to lift that burden anymore. And you know, I love being help. I love helping people. I, it's just one of my favorite things to do. You know, don't I shouldn't have said that in church because um, <laughs> everyone's going, "Oh, I got this to do." But you know, but let's just go to verse five on that. For each will have to bear his own load. So go bear your own load. Now, um, but let's be like that with with each other. Is that you know we're ready, and if we see this is going to crush his head, okay, I'm going to help you there. You know, let's lighten the load and might take off some weights and, you know, reorganize some things. But let's be like that because who knows, we're, gonna, we're, not, we're all going to be accountable for our own lives. When we get to heaven, God's not going to say, so why didn't Josh do this and why didn't Josh do that? And I'll be like, well, you know, he's not going to say that to me. He's just going to say, um, this is your life and this is what happened. And we're going to be accountable for God for everything that we do. We're accountable for God for our lives, right? And so, but God's called us in community and it says, bear one another's burdens. So let's be like spotters. Let's be ready to help when it's needed, but also not just saving them from the burden of life. You know, not, not just always rushing in. And um, so you could probably think of some situations where you do feel tempted to always rush in and, and help a bit too fast. You know, and I, I haven't had kids, but I, I do know that you should let the child fall. You should let the child work out its own stuff because if you're always kind of propping the kid up, then he'll never learn to walk. Um, so yeah. And then, so this all might feel like a burden <laughs> if we don't have the first burden lifted, right? So this is like the most important one. So I don't know if we have this verse. 1 Peter 2 verse Oh my, well, just came straight up. Thank you, Rosie. She's pregnant and she's doing an awesome job. Um, <laughs> so he, Jesus, himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we may die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. So he bore, he bore our sins, right? And so the, the most important burden to have lifted is the burden of your sins. The burden of your past, the burdens, of, the burden, the weight of your failures, the weight of that distance you feel between you and God. Who knows that we're actually supposed to live in God's presence and in relationship with God? And so, I love it. So this is probably one of one of the only burdens, in a way, that God 
fully lifts off us, right? And He wants us to be fully free of sin. There is a paradox in this, but so God actually wants to lift that burden. He took it all on the cross. You know, we can, we can mope around and feel bad. We can mope around and feel like God doesn't love me. People don't love me. But God actually wants to remove that burden of shame off your life. Um, so John 8, verse 1 to 11. I won't read it all. Basically, let's go, let's go from verse 4. They said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in an act of adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. What do you say? This they said to test him that, he, that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger in the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones, and Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go and from now on sin no more. And I just love that about Jesus. You know, He doesn't, he doesn't mind where we've been. He doesn't, he doesn't care <laughs> what you've done. You know, God actually, this is God's heart towards you. Neither do I condemn you. I don't condemn you. And that, and that um, is the beginning of our journey, right? Is knowing that Jesus doesn't condemn us and we can actually come towards God with full confidence, knowing that nothing, you know, a lot of people say, oh, if I walked in the church, the roof would fall down. And, you know, but God, Jesus has actually lifted that burden. So anyone's welcome here. You know, um, we're all, we're, our, our, all our sins have been taken and lifted off us onto Jesus and when he died on the cross he took all your sins um, and I love the paradox of that it's not a paradox it's just the, it's just the true way it works right so Jesus lifts the shame um, off this lady the condemnation even the opinions of others he, he just nails it all and he says I don't condemn you so she feels free she feels awesome right but he also says and from now on sin no more and so I love that because God doesn't just remove our sins from you, but He actually empowers you to live a godly life. And so a lot of people think they have to live a godly life so then somehow God will be pleased. But God actually, it, it's the other way around. God actually lifts the burden of shame off our life, lifts the burden of sin off our life, and then He empowers us to go live a godly life. I, my, my cousin was talking to me a little while ago and just saying, I could never be a Christian. It's way too hard. Like, you know, all the things you got to do and blah, blah, blah. You know, like, how do you do it? Like, what? It just doesn't make sense. And I, I just got to t show him, oh, it's not about what I do. It's what about what Jesus has done. Full stop, right? And then, and then that's all I basically shared with him because I didn't want to be like, and then once you, you know, God will actually help empower you. But firstly, we've got to have that taken away, the, the sin, the part, you know, our past, our just our th things that feel like we're disconnected from God. And then God will, empower us and I love that because God isn't just about the one moment and that was a beautiful moment that happened for that lady but it's about hey from now on you're going to live a free life and I believe that for some of you today that from now on you know God's God's going to take the sins of your past and you're going to actually feel wow from now on God's given me a new beginning God's given me a new start you know and I, I don't have to live the way I used to live obviously this lady got caught in some tricky situations 
you know, who knows how she got there. But from now on, God's going to, God's turned her life around and she gets, who knows what she went and did, you know, but it's amazing. And so, yeah, I might just close there. And does anyone want to pray? Yeah, cool. So I'll give Perno a big hand. I think you uh, understand yourself uh, very much, Perno. I also have heard many good sermons and I just heard one. Let's all stand and we'll sing some songs. Oh, look, I would encourage anyone, if anyone's got a burden that they think is too big for them, yeah, to come up the front and there'll be certainly people here that would be more than happy to pray with you. Any questions you have for any of the things that we've done today, certainly any of the people here at the front would be more than happy to discuss with you. But I would encourage anyone, if you have a burden that you think is too heavy for you, that you sort of think, yeah, okay, it's good that people say that you can be taken away, but you certainly come up the front, we'll stand with you and certainly pray with you. So yeah, let's sing. <laughs>